world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard. Fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Second Amendment broadcast in the nation and from some undisclosed area in the Blue Ridge Mountains. How are you? God bless you in the Blue Ridge Mountains. I'm here with Chuck Leonard and his lovely wife, Luann, and we're running NRA basic instructor training and pistol instructor training. Sold out class to 24 people in this class, every size, shape, and color. Each one, reach one, get out there and learn. Everybody knows education and training has been my passion and love when it comes to firearms and the NRA from back a billion years ago. And we have 24 people in this class today and tomorrow, and it's just a wonderful thing because I'll tell you what, ladies and gentlemen, we have to embrace each other in the gun community because with this cancel culture, woke stuff and anti-gun attacks and all of us, you know, being attacked from every front, we have to stick together. And it encourages me so much that we have such a diverse group of future NRA certified instructors coming into the fold. And I am just so happy uh, for that. And I love what I do. And it's always been my love and my passion uh, with, you know, teaching people to teach people. And we've all done it. How many of you have listened to the show, have taken people to the range in an informal setting and showed them how to shoot a gun? Right. We've all we've all done it. And uh, that's the key, is to break those narratives and break those predispositions that we're all, you know, crazy gun people. And uh, let them see what it's really like. Well, we are, of course. But uh, So some madness I want to discuss. And I have a lot of stuff to discuss today, but here's some good madness, Sandy. The CDC issued the guidelines that masks are not required indoors or outdoors if you've been vaccinated. You want now, to get me going uh, on this or no, no, no. But just I just want to discuss it real quick because, as expected, the follow the science governors of uh, <laughs> New York and New Jersey, who have been following the CDC guidelines, and we have plenty of clips that you can find on YouTube and everything else of both of the governors saying we're going to follow the CDC. They both came out against the new CDC guidelines. <laughs> So I don't know where this stands because I have customers coming into the range, you know. Uh, So this is what we're getting on our end, that the CDC is changing things, and we have to follow what the CDC says in the great state. But the bottom line is we have to follow the governor's executive orders. He is getting pressure to relax things quicker, uh, especially since he's running for re-election. But right, even running for lead. Yeah, well, come on, he'll buy the election. Don't worry. But so the CDC just issues guidelines, correct, Sandy? Mm-hmm. It's not that's a directive. They, that's all they can do. Yeah. Okay, so uh, even Connecticut and and Minnesota, where Gretchen Whitmer is, or Michigan, whatever the hell it is, they they're they're following the CDC guidelines. But New York and New Jersey, 
Not so fast. North Carolina, neither. North They're not Carolina, following the CDC? No, uh, uh, he is going to uh, lax the um, restrictions somewhere around June 1st. Uh, then you should because not, that's you of should. course the science of June yeah. 1st you know? well May 19th in New Jersey things are kind of almost opening up but here's the deal so after the CDC guidelines came out even Trader Joe's who it, they're not oh. a centrist company no. they're not requiring masks wow so of their employees or just of the customers customers, okay. customers are not required to wear masks if you've been vaccinated two weeks after you've been vaccinated now the now, key how, how is how do you know that you've been vaccinated just ask the person if who they think won the election oh, oh okay. and then you'll know then you'll know. okay yeah. if they think biden won the election they've been vaccinated if they think trump won the election <laughs> they haven't been vaccinated so <laughs> you it's pretty easy no yeah you should instead of wearing a vaccination button you should just wear like a like a, a campaign pin. And Walmart <laughs> issued Walmart issued that along with pants, masks are not required. <laughs> so, exactly how we thought it was going to be. Exactly how we thought okay. it was going to be. Okay. So uh, and in New York, if you get vaccinated in New York City, Shake Shack will give you a free order French fries with a burger. Oh, that's good. It's healthy that's because, you know, we don't have to worry about blood clots. So let's let's ingest some saturated fat with, with our vaccine. Right. <laughs> but no free shake. No free shake. You have to buy a burger. If anybody gets a chance, Google de Blasio eating the French fries and burger. This buffoon, he was definitely high. He must have did some, you know, edibles or something yeah. before he went on. But this is how he did a commercial. So, this is French fries, and this is a burger. And if you get vaccinated, you you get one of these. Like, you, so go get vaccinated. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bribery to get vaccinated. Yeah, so, yep. so, uh, so New Jersey, we don't know. Executive orders. We're in f uh, 15 months now of Murphy's executive orders. The legislature has never done anything. 15 it's months just of two weeks to, to, <laughs> to flatten, flatten the curve. curve. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So uh, I... 0 0.09 death rate. 0 0.09 worldwide death rate. You know, I, I have with shit that has a ninety-seven percent fatality rate all day long. <laughs> Can you imagine if crap like that ever got out? <laughs> Could you imagine? Listen to the madness, though. So we have fourteen months in the pandemic, right? <clears throat> and now May nineteenth, he's going to issue uh, the new directives come out. So we're going to end percentage-based capacity limits at restaurants. Though restaurants must keep at least a six-foot distance between groups or install physical partitions well, between them. That? So how does, it, how, do, <clears throat> how does one accomplish that at 100% occupancy and still have partitions and six-foot difference? What, do you have to kick walls out now or...? Yeah, and you have to end. They're going to end capacity limits on religious services, but they still have to maintain six foot distancing. Gyms too, what? personal care businesses, gyms, amusement park. How do you do it in an amusement park? <laughs> How do you do it in a gym? Get rid of half the treadmills, or we're removing all outdoor gathering limits. Though groups must keep six feet of distance from each other. <laughs> And wear a mask when social distancing is impossible. So if you get within five feet, 11 inches of someone, you got to mask up. 
Oh, good Lord. We're increasing, this is the best, we're increasing the indoor gathering limit for house parties because, you know, they can tell us what we can do in our own house. Oh, yeah. So now you can have up to 50 people at a house party, okay? And catered events as well as conferences, expos, and trade centers are now limited to a maximum of 250 people. Indoor venues with a thousand or more fixed seats to fifty percent, as long as ticketed groups are separated by six feet. So, what are you going to sell a, a seat every fourth seat, every third seat at a concert, and, and or at a play? How are groups okay, but groups can't come? You know, come in contact with other groups. Is this is this part of the weird science like type of movement? You will or? follow the science. Mm, mm. Okay, so we. That'd I don't, be a I don't, first in this case. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't know. It but, would be but, a first. I, I haven't seen science followed yet. So, so listen to this. You know, we. I always talk about first tier, second tier, third tier, fifth tier, eighth tier. You know, we're the third tier, right? The law-abiding, tax-paying citizens are the third tier. We get crapped on. The second tier is the criminals and illegals. They they cater to them for the for the securing votes in the future, right? So we we all know that. And of course, the first tier is who? The first tier is the political elites and the ugly arcs and the millionaires and the Hollywood people and everything. So our Senate and and Congress in Washington, D.C. have been abusing the federal air marshals for since the insurrection happened on January 6th. (laughs) Insurrection. After September 11th, you you know, there's 2,000 air marshals out there that fly. Well, it seems like Maxine Waters and other prominent uh, anti-police politicians have been requesting air marshals to be on their flights when they go from their home state back to Washington, D.C., pulling air marshals off of missions. <laughs> Does any of this surprise so, again, it just proves that they're the first tier and their yes. life is more important than ours. Oh, That's why we're course. not allowed to carry guns, the unwashed masses and the serfs that we are. So, yeah, Maxine Waters is a big one and many other Pelosi and everybody. They feel threatened uh, by the crazy right wing people. So they're abusing the uh, federal air marshals that are supposed to be protecting the average citizens from hijackings and terrorism and stuff like that. But obviously our lives are not important, right? Not as much as they're important. You, you, you want another one? How about... <laughs> How about this? A convicted felon charged with possession of a firearm and ammunition was released in Jersey City to home confinement. Come on. Are you serious? Devon Adams, a.k.a. Dickham Adams, 42, appeared by video conference before U.S. Magistrate Judge Kathy Wilder. This is a federal judge and was released on home confinement. He is charged with one count of possession of firearm and ammunition by a convicted felon. He is also charged by complaint with being in possession of another handgun and more ammunition. So he's, again, now he's a second tier. He's a criminal. Right. So a criminal gets home confinement, Sandy. If a law-abiding citizen would get three to five years in prison. Right. If we stop to pee on our way to the range. 
Correct. Now, the charges he faces, each count for illegally possessing a firearm in New Jersey, I got this from Knappen, is 10 years in prison and a fine of up to a quarter of a million dollars. So while this is going on, he has home confinement. Nice. How does that work? Uh, very well for him, apparently. And, you know, so <laughs> I, I just how do you how do you even justify this? And, you know, the judge, they got a lot of nerve. Again, remember, I say start judging the judges. Mm-hmm. Right. So that judge, of course, probably has security, armed security, federal marshals. And that judge probably lives in a gated community. Oh, of course. And this is what we deal with. So talking about Jersey City, Stephen Fullop is the mayor of the second largest city in New Jersey, he's vehemently anti-gun. He's a Marine, okay? And you think that he would want guns or ever. Yeah. So you want to talk about first-tier stuff? I love hypocrisy. I love bringing hypocrisy to light. Listen to this article that broke, and Fulop and his people are pissed that it broke. Town council members in Narragansett, Rhode Island, handed Jersey City Mayor Steve Fulop a defeat last week in his quest to limit public parking on the streets where he owns a home. (laughs) Since the beginning of the year, the mayor has tuned into online Narragansett town council meetings to oppose a plan to expand the public right away and add parking spots on the street where his beach house stands. Oh, we don't want these people here. No, the, the waterfront neighborhood of Point Judith is popular with surfers who often park along residential streets, angering property owners like Fulop. (laughs) <laughs> okay. At a virtual public meeting in January and March, Fulop complained about surface surfers littering on his property and using his furniture without permission. Why doesn't he just send a few Jersey City Public Works people up there to keep an eye on the property and clean it up? And we'll, the taxpayers will pay for it. Sure. Or Jersey City police to guard his house. He could, exactly. Sure. So he says, there isn't a day that goes by that there aren't countless trespassers walking across my property at all times, he said. Now, Sandy, could you imagine if you went to a town meeting in Jersey City and complained to Fulop? that there was trespassers on your property yeah i wonder what would he what would his response be suck it up we're all the same right except for me these people yeah (laughs) are you going to permit your neighbors from walking on your property and yeah you should be you should be opening your tool shed to the homeless so here's here it gets better last monday the town council voted unanimously to adopt a resolution that would allow public parking on fulop street between 5 a.m and 9 p.m okay he and the, the town council president patrick murray said i think enough's been said after a series of public hearings that drew dozens of callers on both sides of the issue i think clearly this is a benefit for the town as murray noted in a prior meeting the issue of parking was controversial in part because many of the property owners in point judith are not full-time residents in his public comments in january fulop described himself and his family as longtime residents of narragansett were not transplants shouldn't he be the mayor of narragansett then he should be apparently right how is he the mayor of jersey Jersey city City? yeah exactly so but listen to this this is where fulop got pissed but emails reported by the boston globe that show in a private communications with town officials fulop seemed to take care to mention his position as leader of new jersey's <laughs> second largest city okay he's trying to pull the don't you know who yeah. i am 
He wrote, I know the this is what Philip wrote. Listen, oh, Philip wrote, listen good. to this. I know the job you have as I serve as the mayor of Jersey City. So needless to say, I appreciate your business administrator and certainly know well the job you have to do. OK, and uh, in which he requested a phone call to talk about a little issue with the surfers and parking at the end of my street, my street. He owns the yeah. entire street now. And in an email to Narragansett Councilwoman, Fulop opened his email with an unrelated point that he met her brother, a member of the U.S. House of Representatives, via our New Jersey congressional delegation when I visited them in Washington as I currently serve as mayor of Jersey City. (laughs) Wink, wink, nod, nod. Can you hook a brother up? First tier, first tier. First here, here's the secret handshake. That's right. Okay. That's Phil right. Swabinski, a spokesman for Phillips Mayor Campaign, slammed media outlets for reporting on How the mayor's comments at the public meeting. <laughs> Phillips' participation in the meetings last month were first reported by the Jersey Journal and the Boston Globe and New York Post. And this is what he said, Sabinski. Mayor Fulop has no regrets regards to his public participation on an issue that impacts his family. But he feels that the Jersey Journal and other press outlets should be embarrassed by their conduct in oh. choosing to spend so much time and resources on gossip and nonsense. No, you're wrong because you're pissed and Phillips pissed because he was exposed, right? For, because he for pulling the cover off of the of the facade. So listen, Sabinski, you want to hear a hubris? These kinds of stories are the exact reason why trust in media has reached such an all time low. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is part of the repair. They're reporting on the folly of an actual democrat and he thought he would not be reported because he's a liberal and a democrat and the blue journalism covers him sure right but look what happened it came back and it backfired a random act of journalism a random act of journalism so he tried to get in now he has to allow parking on he has to imagine they have to allow parking on a public street to have access to a public <laughs> to a, beach. To allow other taxpayers to use the ocean. So we see what happens with gun ranges and people on highways, and this is the same thing. So here's the hypocrisy. You buy a house five miles from a gun range, you buy it cheap, and then you start complaining about the noise and you get the gun range shut down. Right. Right. So he bought this house. It's been in his family. It's on a dead end. It's it dead ends to the ocean. And they probably got a good deal because public parking is allowed on the street. And now he figures he would execute his muscle and his connections and get parking for public people, you know, the serfs, the third tier, not allowed to park there. How much would that increase the value of his house? Because now that beach basically becomes a private beach, right? Or he just doesn't uh, want the great unmasses, great un- unwashed masses uh, showing up at his home. I read a story about David Geffen. People look up to him. He's a billionaire, right? David Geffen from Disney and all that other crap, movie, the record labels. He bought three lots in Malibu in the 80s or 90s, and he told the city of L.A. and Malibu that he was going to redo everything, and he was going to put a nine-foot-wide access path from Ocean Boulevard to Malibu Beach for the public, the unwashed masses. When he built everything out, he put multiple cottages on there. He didn't build the path. So Malibu and L.A. County took him to court. 
Five years it was embattled in court. He finally lost. He had to put a landscape pathway in, and he had to pay $300,000 in legal fees for the city of L.A. and Malibu. Okay, because, you know, he's first here. He can do what he wants. Of course. So what did he do? He turned around. His properties had four garages. Mm -hmm. He also built eight fake garage doors so that there's 12 uh, parking aprons across the property so no cars can park on the street. (laughs) The garage doors are fake. (laughs) But he put driveways. So now he has parking for 12 cars in the driveways and parking to block those cars in and limiting parking. The city still hasn't taken them to court for that. I, okay, I love the hubris you know, of yeah, the first tier. I know, but I sort of, I sort of kind of admire that. <laughs> so, so do I. But these are people that come out and speak that we're all in this together. Right. Right. Oh, yes, okay. Exactly. Do you right. understand what I'm saying? It's right. just the hypocrisy. Right. That's what pisses me off. It's hypocrisy. Talk about hypocrisy. You know, Murphy. None of these gun things that he announced when he announced his reelection are going to go through because Steve Sweeney is holding them all. Yeah. But now we have the push again for smart guns. Not so smart guns right we just had a pipeline hacked and the u.s government had to pay five million dollars to turn the faucet back on but there's going to be no issue whatsoever when someone breaks in your home and your computer computerized gun You're gonna you're gonna point the gun at the bad guy and it'll shoot you. Announce a command. You're gonna squeeze the trigger and the gun's gonna go. Shall we play Uh. a game? (laughs) (laughs) And the hacker's gonna go. "Uh, Nope, you ain't firing that bitch at me unless I give permission. That's right. And I've got your I've got your pinky ring. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I will say this again. The tone, the time will be. Anybody who's manufacturing a smart gun, anybody who's involved in smart guns and pushing them, any politician, when the police and military start carrying smart guns on a daily basis, I will start testing one. Let's call it just the military. Okay, yes. When the military starts using smart M16s. I'm going to tell you this. When the state, New Jersey State Police start carrying smart guns and issuing smart guns, and they've been on their hips for six months to a year, then then I will consider them. Okay? (laughs) And not until then will I consider them. That's just the way it's going to be. So I call them not-so-smart guns. So everybody remember that. This is all BS. It's all a diversion. It's a bunch of crap. I will not be participating in any smart guns. Ever, ever, ever. I don't care what they say. I think you, you agree? hit it right on the head. It is, as most of what they tend to do, a diversion. So you often wonder, what are they really up to and where? Correct. It's just over. Everybody, look over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're looking over here. Um, so, is is there glimmers of hope from us? There is glimmers of hope. People have sent me stuff. The you know we broke records in April again. The most Knicks checks ever. Yeah. Three point six million Knicks checks in one month month after month after every month, month has records. broken the previous month's record yeah, yeah. breitbart news just broke a story a huge amount 65 percent of those aged uh 18 to 29 said they do not support new gun laws okay 
Wow. It used to, it, they don't support new gun laws. It, people, the young people, the Hispanic and the African American community is growing in leaps and bounds as pro gun. Yeah. As pro gun. The, the 24 people that me, Chuck, Luann, and Tony have in the instructor course today, BIT, mm-hmm. I've never seen such a diverse group. That's I've so never seen great. so many women, so many Hispanics, so many African American people in the that group. I mean, it's phenomenal. I bet you our next class, the Caucasians are going to be the minority. I've never seen it like this, and it's so encouraging. And our politicians are not in tune with this. Lou Maffey sent me this whole thing about you know uh, support for gun control plummets with Hispanics, too, now. Uh, Chris Kent, Mr. Chiropractor, Chris Kent, mm-hmm. an article in the Washington Post magazine, black gun owners are often portrayed negatively Okay, it's it's wrong because, you know, they always remember when you picture a law abiding gun owner, the NRA with the media always shows a fat white guy with camo or flannel. You've heard me say this a million times. Mm -hmm. Right. And of course, when they portray African-American people, they show them as criminals. Right. The media, the mainstream media, the blue journalists. Mm -hmm. Right. So now we have more and more African-American people in the fold. You know, you got Maj Ture, who's been out there working his butt off to to get the the message out there for years. And you have Black Gun Owners Association. Yes. And it's starting to grow in leaps and bounds. And and let me tell you something. It's so encouraging because if we want to grow the gun community, we need to reach out to everybody. And it's phenomenal. So I believe there is a glimmer of hope. And I believe that most of our politicians, including the the mainstream political parties, the Democrats and the Republicans, they're not paying attention to this. They're still following the old narrative that most gun owners are middle American white people. And when they start to introduce more gun control, I think at the state and federal level, I think that we're going to see backlash like they never anticipated before. I think you're right. Right? I mean, seriously, Cindy. And I know you know that we know that they're all not going to come out and pro-gun and vote or whatever, whatever. But no, but let me tell you something. The narrative of like the last shooting that we just had a shooting in Times Square. Did you see the video of the the female cop running with the little four-year-old girl? I did not. Well, there was a shooting in Times Square. Somebody had a tussle with somebody else and he drew a gun. And of course, he fired randomly and he didn't hit his intended target. He hit three people. And one of the people he hit was a four-year-old girl who her mom took her to Times Square shopping. And she got hit in the leg. Luckily, it was not life-threatening. But someone caught amateur video. A female police officer picked this four-year-old girl up. And Sandy, she ran flat out a couple of hundred yards to an ambulance holding this baby with the mother running behind the cop and her daughter. Wow. And this police officer is a female police officer who has kids, and she ran full steam ahead. And these are the images you have to see, you know, with the police, because everybody's always quick to knock the police officers, right? Is that officer one of the officers who should be defunded, do you think? Uh, Probably. But, you know, and so here's the woman. She's not questioning the the child's color, race, religion, Mm -hmm. creed, or anything. Her job is to help someone in need, and there's a shooting going on, and she grabs this child, and she runs with this child, and luckily the child is going to make a full recovery. But what happens? A press conference is done three hours later by Mr. French Fry, uh, de Blasio, (laughs) and he says, we need more gun control. Of course we do. The guy, the shooter, was arrested in Florida, major felonies, multiple arrests, 
multiple gun charges, hmm. okay? And, of course, de Blasio blames the gun. We've got to understand that there are individuals who do the right thing, and there's still too many guns available to too many people, and that needs policing solutions, community solutions, and more gun control. <laughs> okay? It's good because it works so well in Times Square and in New York City where there is a shooting at least on a daily basis. <laughs> exactly. So, the, of course, it always it's the gun's fault. It's not the shooter's it's fault. The when shooter's it, the cop has a, a, a situation, it's the cop's fault. Right. When a criminal has a situation, it's the gun right. that did of course. it. Right. Well, you know how that works. Well, I'm going to tell you something. What's going on with the Supremes right now? With the Corlett and the Hawaii case. You you know your friend. He was he he filled in for me on the radio show once. David Cadria. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Kajra wrote a great article for Ammo Land, and he wrote the petition of uh, the, the Young case in Hawaii. The petition presents the same issue presented in the New York State versus Corlett case. And like the New York statutory scheme at issue in New York State Rifle and Pistol, Hawaii maintains a statutory scheme that denies permits to ordinary law-abiding citizens. Now, I'm going to get into this a little bit more, but what else happened now? Last week, Gruel our attorney general in New Jersey is asking the Supreme Court to not hear the New York, the New Jersey carry case that we have. <laughs> well, they're asking them not to hear it until we see what the Corlett case comes out with. Oh, oh. Because they're scared. Oh, yeah. So please, which is so the normal talk tactic. Talk to the Supreme Court. Please don't hear the case because we may lose. Correct. I want to talk about the Supremes when we come back and a bunch of other stuff. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience. It makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra-wide ports so two people can stand side-by-side side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well-lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well-lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out, and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled, which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction, and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50-yard range, to your left, you'll see our large classroom, and go back up to the concierge and make a right. We have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. 
To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. Okay, we're back. Oh, come on. I'm not ready. No, you're not. All right, I'm ready now. Hold on. All right, let's do some commercials right now. Marty's V-Burger. Marty's away in L.A. right now for the the, the baby's graduation. Nice. Congratulations, Marty and Kara. We love you guys. Marty'sVBurger.com. Mention it. Get 20% off. You can also pick them up at Freakin' Vegans in Prospect Park on Freakin' Fridays. Get John Petrolino's book on Amazon, Decoding Firearms, ASAP. Listen to Evan Knappen's Gun Lawyer Podcast, exposing the truth about the laws that are designed to strip you of your freedoms. Quarantine Crawl picked up three more businesses this week, ladies and gentlemen. Food businesses, gun-safe businesses for your car, and a few other things. We're going to be discussing this further when the new range opens. My book, Crime Proof, Think Like a Criminal and Beat Them at Their Own Game, will be in within the next two weeks or so. So you better pre-order your signed copies because if you don't, I'm not signing them. <laughs> Crimeproofbook.com. Uh, Sandy, you're going to talk about his GoFundMe later. Mama Yolanda discount. Do not forget, if you go to Mama Yolanda's pages, you can get their discount. Brad Halp just had a tragedy, a loss in the family, but uh, his sauces are delicious and deadly. He just posted a, a, a recipe for Mama Yolanda's shrimp and grits using their pasta vodka sauce. Nice. So, yeah. So, uh, Brad, thank you very much. We, we love you. The new range is going to be opening soon, probably July. Remember, two new ranges. One range is 15 ports, members only. Rubber trap, you can shoot uh, uh, steel jacket, steel core, bimetal, as well as green tip. We will have 10 more uh, ports, 25 yards overflow. So that will bring us up to 44 uh, ports total in four ranges for phase one. We will have pop-up quarantine crawl food every weekend. Wait till you see how Matt designed the bathrooms. We have a large lounge and refreshment area, 220 parking spaces. We will have many more surprises, guys and girls, a large retail area, a members, buyers club, etc. If you think the perks to being a member with free FFL transfers, etc. is good, wait till you see what we're going to be offering. Also, stage two will be two more ranges on the second floor, meeting rooms, party rooms, as well as a 6,000 square foot members only cigar lounge. So back to SCOTUS. Uh, Dave Kadria wrote a great article. So the Hawaii case is working its way, the Supreme Court, and we have the New Jersey carry case with the Supreme Court. And these all have ramifications. Now, we have to think about the judges. We have Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett. We're going to see finally what their gun advocacy and what their gun rights are where and where they stand. This is the last straw for me. This these two cases are going to tell me, these three cases are going to tell me if the Supreme Court is compromised or not. I believe Roberts is compromised, but the rest of them I'm not so sure yet, okay? So I want to see what is going 
on. All right. Now, I'm getting a lot of people asking me about what's going on with the NRA. Obviously, you know I'm on the NRA board. Elections are up in uh, September, re-election or whatever. The NRA uh, tried a bankruptcy move to get out of New York to go to Texas, and Judge Hale, Cooter Hale, denied that uh, without prejudice. And uh, so the NRA is is regrouping, and the NRA was trying to get out of it. Listen, there's a lot going on. As a board member, I can't comment on it all. Uh, you know, we have a an attorney, and we're in we're in the middle of multiple lawsuits with Letitia James trying to get rid of, uh, you know, uh, annihilate the NRA completely. And the NRA is really, you know, in, made up of six million members. Uh, there's a lot of issues to be addressed. There's a lot of stuff going on. I really, really can't get it into detail. But if you're an NRA member or you think about being an NRA member, please join. Please continue to support the NRA. We are going to get through this. The NRA is still the largest education and training uh, arm in the United States, and the NRA still has the largest infrastructure when it comes to uh, legislative and lobbying at the state and federal level. We, we need the NRA. There's a lot that's going on. They're trying to get rid of us, obviously, Letitia James. Has everybody been a Boy Scout? Is everything on the up and up? No, there's always skeletons in every closet. But right now we have to stick together. Uh, don't listen to the naysayers out there, the, you know, the Trace and Bloomberg News and all that other stuff. Obviously, they want to see the demise, Mom's Demand action. They all want to see the, 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 the demise of the NRA. And we can't allow that to happen, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Everybody has to work on how they're, you know, how they feel about it. But for your $40 a year or if you're a life member, please continue to keep it going. We will see more changes addressed in the horizon. And hopefully we could get out from under the attorney general in, in New York. I really can't say any more than that. But uh, please listen to me, okay? Uh, a couple of letters. <clears throat> James Tanzit. Um, him and his son uh, come to the range all the time, uh, uh, Jeremy, and he's a good kid. And um, he just let me know that permit length. He put in for his firearms ID card permit on December 14th, and they called him late March to pick it up. We just picked it up. That's unacceptable, all right? That's uh, New Milford, Bergen County. How they could go from, uh, you know, December 14th, January, February, three months. It should have taken 30 days. And uh, next time, uh, James, if that happens, when you go for a pistol permit or something, you need to call your mayor and your police chief. Uh, James Tippin wanted to let you know I applied for two permits in Lumberton Township, Burlington County on May 5th. References both submitted on May 6th. Today, May 14th, I was approved. That's how it's supposed to be. Okay. Yeah, right. That was nine right. days, not three months. That's James Tippin there. So that's why we are suing the state of New Jersey for the permitting and firearms ID scheme. So I talk about unity and activism being key. So everybody's been, uh, so many people have put in for the raffle. I'm going to read a couple of pe people off. Hi, Anthony. As you read this, I pray you and the family are doing well. Enclosed are 10 copies of my donations to 2A organizations. <laughs> Stay safe and keep up the fight. You are the tip of the spear, Mark Sanchez. Ed Green, another donation. If I haven't said it before, I want to say great idea for this raffle. My sincere hopes that this raffle is spurring to other do others to donate like me because it just benefits us all in the end. Matt B. Matt, you can't imagine how many people are donating. Here's another one. I have CNJFO and FPC on reoccurring monthly donations. So here's another one. Jim Howard. Jim Howard's also taking the class today. Rich Ford. 
five more. Danny Barrio, more. Steve Crescendo, more. Crescendo. I can't believe how many people are donating. Hundreds of people. So here's the deal. Firearms Policy Conference, national organization. Second Amendment Foundation, national organization. NJ2AS, state organization. ANJRPC, the arm of the NRA, state organization. And CNJFO, state organization. All five organizations signed on to this lawsuit to get rid of New Jersey's permitting scheme. Okay? Unprecedented that five two-way groups got together. I don't even want to tell you the backroom deals to get this done. Anybody that makes a donation to any group, one group, two groups, five groups, multiple donations, you email me a receipt that you donated. When we have the grand opening, I am going to be raffling off the dory that Henry Montefiant made me and one autographed book of Crime Proof, one of the first editions coming out. Uh, the winner will be announced. So keep the donations going. Support those who support you. Remember now, ANGRPC is the state affiliate of the NRA. Scott Bach and I are both on the board. Uh, uh, of both organizations. So, again, keep the faith and continue to fight. We'll go over mental awareness in a little bit. I got some. George O. sent me something as well. But I wanted to talk about learning right now. Okay. Uh, Road rage driver followed woman home, slashed her face, cops say. Uh, Now, this was in New Jersey, and I just read another one yesterday Two guys followed a woman right to her driveway and shot her in the car. Um, Luckily, she's not going to die. Yeah. Uh, I think we're seeing more and more road rage. You know, uh, inflation is going up. Mm -hmm. Um, Unemployment's not going down. You know, when people get desperate, they tend to do more desperate things, too. When people feel there's, you know, this uh, May is Mental Health Awareness Month, too. So let's talk about this. A 38-year-old man followed a woman to her Jackson home and stabbed her following a road rage incident Saturday before leading a police on a chase in which he crashed into two other cars before being arrested. People were called to a home on Maria Street about 4.50 p.m. where they learned that a man later identified as Michael Mahan punched a woman and threatened to kill her as he held a knife to her. Jackson police said Monday Mahan then slashed her face and fled when a neighbor intervened and called 911. Police got a description of Mahan's vehicle and pulled him over on Old Tom's River Road. When the officer got out of the patrol car, Mahan sped away, uh, according to police. When Mahan tried to turn onto West Veterans Highway, he swerved into oncoming lane and struck a vehicle near the intersection. What a scum. A short time later, the speeding Mahan rear-ended another car on West Veterans Highway and ran the vehicle off the road into the woods. What state of mind was this guy in? Right, exactly. There was a road rage. The woman cut him off. He cut him off. I don't know who's right, who's wrong. But he gets to this point. He follows her, has an altercation, punches her, slashes her face, police chase, smashes into other cars, could have killed numerous people. Well, here's the deal. I know it's hard. You get into a road rage with somebody. Ignore the person. Mm. Don't give them the finger. Don't flip the bird. Don't incite it try to stay out of traffic people have been killed in bumper to bumper traffic when you get into a road rage and somebody's following you if you get involved in a road rage do not get out of the car keep the doors and windows locked call 911 immediately now this woman drove home her situational awareness did she know he was following her did she try to flee home to flee to safety figuring once she's in her driveway she'd be safe or did she not know he was following her right 
If you're involved, you and your loved ones are involved in a road rage, your head has to be on a swivel. You, are you still being followed? Make a right, make a left. If you're still being followed, call the police. Call 911. Drive into the parking lot of a police station. Drive into the parking lot of a firehouse. Go right into the driveway. Block, block the fire truck and see how fast people come out to help. Right. right? Exactly. Block, the, block the fire truck at a firehouse and see what happens. You have to use your head. So this scum actually followed this woman. Again, I don't know all the circumstances, but you need to teach your friends and your family, your daughters, your sons that are driving cars, that if something like this happens, number one, the last thing you want to do is 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 piss them off, yeah. giving the middle finger, cutting them off, back off or something. Remember when you stop in traffic, at a light, you should always be able to see the tires of the car in front of you. Right. All right. Cops do that all the time so that you can pull out to the, even if you had to pull out into oncoming traffic and make a U turn or something, don't box yourself in in a situation like this. If you're like, oh shit, this nutcase is following me, and all of a sudden traffic's coming up, if it's a four lane highway, two lanes going both ways, Get in the left lane. Make sure you can see the tires of the car in front of you. If Nutjob pulls up behind you and gets out of the car with a crowbar or a pipe or something, pull away. Right. Get out and right. get to safety, right. okay? But get on the phone, hands-free with the police, 911, whatever you have to do. Do not get out of the car. If the nutcase wants to get to you, listen, this is why it's nice to have, uh, you know, OC spray or mm -hmm. lipstick bodyguard on the visor of your car. Right. This is when it's nice to have an edged weapon in your car. This is when it's nice to have a 5D battery mag, mag light flashlight in your car. Right. Should you ever need it or bear spray or any other thing you can use to protect yourself, not pulling over and going, oh, shit, all of that stuff is in my trunk right now. Right. My mag light flashlight is in the back seat of my car on the floor. I can reach around and grab that. Stick your stick your fingers in the car when I'm holding that 5D aluminum mag light flashlight. And, you know, that old saying F around and find out. Right. You're, right. Yeah, you're going to find out. You'll never play piano again. Right. I can, exactly. I can tell you that. Those days are over. Right. Okay? So listen to me. Situational awareness. You have to teach people and things that set people off today. I remember years ago, a woman was involved in a road rage event, and the guy followed her, and they hit traffic on a bridge, and the guy got out of the car and beat her to death. Oh, man. On the bridge with people looking. Okay, this one, a neighbor came out, intervened, and stopped him from, from this, this crazy rage, right? Yeah. So everybody has to be aware of situations like this. So, you know, uh, George O., who's actually taking the uh, NRA class today, uh, uh, is a really good friend of mine, you know, reach one, reach one. And he talked about, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure from previous emails and talks that you, with you at the range, that you know I'm, I'm a... Uh, a medical responder. I know you are, and thank you for what you do. And he says, you know, he wants everybody to remember that they have the cop-to-cop -cop hotline. It's not, you know, it's, it's fire and EMS used to have their own dedicated line, but they don't anymore. But you can, anybody can call the cop-to-cop -cop headline, uh, uh, hot, uh, line, and they also have the codegreencampaign.org. And people can dial 1-866-COP-2-COP, COP-2-COP, or they can go online, NJ-COP-2-COP. 
cop2cop.com. So cop2cop. And George O. wanted us to know that, that, you know, there is help out there for people and, and, and awareness, just like uh, Dr. Optoff and Pirelli talk about all the time. But, you know, you want to remember that this May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and you have to reassure people they're not alone. Uh, you know, one in five adults in the United States experience a mental health condition in any given year. One in six youths aged six to 17 experience a mental health condition. These lockdowns haven't helped anybody. No, not at all. And, uh, you know, if you see people that are in need or you see a family member that's made a change, that's had a change, approach them and have that, that brave conversation with them, you know, especially if they own guns. And if you're feeling that way, do not worry about this bullshit stigma reach out and get help from people talk to people friends you know the good thing is most of this when it happens it's temporary absolutely. as a matter of fact right sandy the vast majority of it is temporary absolutely so sandy tell me something you've been traveling around in some free states the past couple of weeks how are you oh, yeah. feeling about that it's uh it's a joy really to you know to meet people who there's no stigma with with uh, with firearms and stuff, and I'm meeting some people at different gun clubs, and it just, <laughs> you know, it's funny they just can't believe, you know, when you have a conversation about what it's what it's like where you're from, it's it's hard for them to even conceive. Right. I mean, it's like when I was in Florida. Um, now I'm going to be in Florida again in about a week and a half, and then I'm going to be in South Carolina in about a month. And, you know, because I'm kind of pinpoint where I want to buy a vacation slash ultimate retirement home. It's amazing when you talk to people. A, we were talking before about how you have to learn how to talk slower. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> and, and and B, the, mostly the majority of the people there, when they say something, they actually mean it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's kind of weird, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not used to that. We're used to people, you know, blowing smoke. Right. And the, and the everybody we've met are just been incredibly friendly. I, I just beyond belief now are you put butter in your grits i always put butter in my grits and salt and pepper too but that's me too butter doing. salt and pepper in my grits you know i'm not a big fan of biscuits and gravy you're really not no no i don't yeah, like I red eye really gravy good, or i haven't had really good biscuits then i, I i've I, well i hope i am fat so i definitely had <laughs> some but <laughs> but i just i don't know i'm just i'm not a biscuit and gravy guy now shrimp and grits i'll i will trip you to get a plate of <laughs> uh, of shrimp and grits so that's low country food yeah uh, and that's you know what so i'm going anybody in the hilton head savannah bluffton area i'm going there in a few weeks to look around too if anybody has any insight let me know because i'm pretty much set in southwest florida but I figured since I really can't buy anything for a year or two uh, because I don't have a suitcase full of cash. <laughs> That's, uh, That's going on pretty uh, much everywhere right now. Oh, my God. I'm like, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, my friend Nikki, his, um, his girlfriend Ann is a realtor down in Naples, and she says the joke with the realtors is if somebody wants a house, a buyer, you tell them to show up with a suitcase full of cash, and they better have the biggest suitcase. Right. And the buyers are doing this thing called a – an add-on where they're saying all right here's the deal tomorrow's the open house you're taking offers here's a contract whatever the highest offer is i'll add fifty thousand dollars to that highest offer yeah have a nice cool. day and they walk away so like you and i or me and tracy we go in there and we try to make the best of it and we make an offer and we're never going to get that house no you're never going to yeah. and i'm not doing it you know i'm looking at houses that were selling uh a couple of years ago for Two hundred and sixty-five dollars a square foot that are now selling for nine hundred dollars a square foot, and so many people are so desperate to get out of 
um, cities that they're doing anything to get out, uh, you know, out into the country. It's just a, a, an amazing thing just to get away from even. But what will the York. buyer's remorse be? We had this discussion. Yeah. If you um, bought, if you bought, if you saw a house for $300,000, ladies and gentlemen, and desperately you bought it for $900,000, and a year after you bought it, the houses went back to three to $400,000, for the rest of the term that you own that house, every time you turned a corner and pulled in the driveway, would you not want to burn it down? And that's happening in Florida. I mean, Florida is just incredible. It's, it's happening in the Carolinas. I think there are 2,000 people a day moving into the Carolina, into South Carolina. Florida. Um, last October, the average inventory of houses, which is a huge factor they use in uh, you know uh, pricing, it had about an 85-day inventory of houses for sale. Now they have a 15-day inventory. Wow. So as soon as houses come on the market, people are buying them, and people are buying them. I think eventually you're gonna, the market of people with suitcases full of money is going to peter out, and I think as the blue states start to open up a little more, you know, uh, but here's what happens now. So de Blasio and Cuomo are pissed because people aren't commuting into the city, so they're devising a, a work-from-home tax, right. B, a I don't commute, but I'm still going to pay commuter tax tax. Right. That's number two, and they're just they're, they have nowhere to turn. And well, number in New Jersey, you have to pay an exit tax. Yes, and number three now is a uh, surge traffic tax, which will go off your Easy Pass or your license plate with license plate reader. So if you enter Midtown New York and go downtown during rush hour times, you will get an additional tax. <laughs> I am not making this up. Let's keep people out of our cities entirely. Okay. You know, why should they come so, and spend money? But So let's use Tracy as an example. Tracy used to commute into the city. She would take the bus and the subway, right, to go to Tribeca from Fort Lee. Right. So she would spend like $100 a week on right. commuting right. with her Metro card and everything. Yep. And then while she was in the city, a couple days a week, her and the girls would order breakfast in. And then almost every day, you know, they worked in lunch. an office yep. environment, they would order lunch. Yeah, sure. So think about it. $20 for lunch, $10 for breakfast is $30. Times five is $150. That New York lost that revenue plus the tax from that. Per and person? They lost, per per, and they lost $100. So we'll use her as, a, as an average, which is, a, you know, $250 a week. Right. There's Wall Street people that were probably spending 500 a week oh, going to guaranteed. eat Smith and Absolutely. Walensky and Keene Steakhouse or sure. whatever the case may be, and right? Taking uh, ferries from where I am at 50 to 100 bucks a day. Correct. So all of a sudden they lost this revenue and they don't understand how to cut spending, right? Mm. So we got to come up with a way to do it. So the people that are left behind they are going to leave. Now, Now look at Murphy. During pandemic, he was talking about adding a tax for online stock trades. Yeah, right. And NASDAQ turned around and said, if you do that, we will move our operations in 24 hours. Right, right. So since that happened, Murphy hasn't brought it up again, but I was told yesterday six brokerage firms left New Jersey since Murphy made that comment. Wow. They went to Florida. Yeah, why not? So when you pose a threat like that in today's wor business world, where if it's not a retail business like mine, where we have to be here brick and mortar, Physical, yeah. you can't make threats like that. No, they can move that business literally in a heartbeat. You know, Scott, my IT guy here, he's like, you don't even have to move it. They can just move where the server points from right. and say our business is no longer in New right. Jersey, and exactly. it can still be in New Jersey. That's right.
That's right. You can still be trading from your house in Summit, but as far as the state of New Jersey goes, you're in Guam. Yeah, with a VPN to Guam. Correct. Correct. So you can't do this. You can't continue to do this. So you see all of these southern states blowing up. On the West Coast, you see Texas getting an infusion, Nevada getting an infusion, and Arizona getting an infusion of people, even New Mexico, because people are like, wait a minute, I'm not staying here anymore with to be overtaxed with no representation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, exactly. And they're moving out of Manhattan left, right, and center. I mean, it, you know, where, where I am, a lot of people from New York had uh, summer homes, and they're now just moving out and, and getting the summer homes, and those got eaten up very quickly, and now everybody else is moving, and it just, it's, a, it's it literally, it's unbelievable. It's a feeding frenzy. 15, 20 people are showing up, um, you know, the, the, the first day, you know, like you said, with suitcases full of money. And um, it's just, you know, all the good stuff's getting snapped up. Yeah, and and it's just going to continue. I believe it's going to saturate eventually. Oh, yeah. But right now, yeah. holy moly, yeah. I, I've never seen anything like this. You know, we went down there, uh, Tracy and I, and we're like, oh, my God, look at that beautiful house. It would have been great at, you know, 450000 I'm not paying nine hundred. Yeah, right, right. You know, I'm not I'm not I'm not going to have buyer's remorse for the rest of my entire life that I own that thing. So guess what? I'm just going to wait. I'm just going to wait and and see what happens and you know, but inflation right now is blowing up. You know That's that, right? That's the problem. Yeah, so that is the problem. So it's going to be those those houses that you won't buy right now at uh, you know, 900,000 by uh, next year this time are going to be double or triple that. And then what? Yeah, I don't know where it's going, but I I believe we have hyperinflation coming. I mean, everything's oh, gone absolutely. up. Sure. Wood's gone, lumber's yeah, gone lumber's up, gas has gone up. You know, yeah. food has gone up, and you know, and people are not hiring. Uh, people are trying to hire. You can't get people because you're competing with the unemployment and the extra federal uh, kicker, the extra three hundred dollars a week kicker. Restaurants are limiting hours and stuff yeah, they uh, because they, they can't, can't get, get enough people. wait staff. Yeah. I spoke to a guy yesterday. He owns he owns twenty six restaurants. And they were the single biggest problem besides, well, most of them are in South Carolina where they did not have, you know, mask restrictions. A couple of them, the governor of North Carolina still has restrictions, still has everything going on. But pretty much everybody's done. They're just done, especially in Western North Carolina. They're just done. They're like, no, no, you don't have to wear a mask coming here. Don't worry about it. The hell with the executive order. And uh, but they just cannot get retail help they can't because everybody's being paid to stay home and eight million people unemployed right now and last month's jobs report we only added two hundred and sixty thousand jobs they predicted a million jobs would be added and only a quarter of a million jobs were added well that's what happens when you elect a sock puppet yes to leader of a country socialism marxism it's here it's on our doorstep and, uh, and I wonder if it's by design, right? Because what way to crush a country, this is it. You use never let a crisis go to waste. Correct. Could you imagine they paid those pipeline hackers $5 million? They shut that pipeline off, crippling the eastern seaboard with the flow of fuel. And, you know, Gary was in my office. You know, they were talking about it. He goes, wait a minute. Isn't there just a valve you can turn on? Right. Exactly. Right. Of course there's not an override valve. <laughs> Isn't there some guy with a with like a switch manually? You could, you know, no. call Harry. Where's Harry? No, a Doesn't ransomware attack. Five million dollars, <laughs> and they paid it. And when they ask, uh, they asked Joe Biden on the podium at a presser if we paid the ransom. He goes, "No comment." 
and turned around and walked away from the podium. Because no he doesn't know. You're absolutely right, he doesn't. And, you know, his uh, his press secretary, Jen Psaki, mm. she referred to him as our North Star in a press conference yesterday. Oh, my God. Yes, he's our North Star. He's our North Star. He's our North Star. Jen Circleback Psaki? Yes. Yeah. And, by the way, Fauci uh, just issued a guideline that if you, wear two, if you wear two bathing suits, you can pee in the pool <laughs> this summer. I don't know if you knew that. Did you know that? Know that. No, yeah, now you know. now you know. But according to the science, I am a little bit, you know, I'm a little bit behind on my science. So uh, yeah, because you're old now. Uh, yeah, it's true. You know, I mean, remember I, though, now it's not you know, pure science anymore. It's it's science it's, injected with politics. Science the way you feel. Exactly. It it's yeah. changed it's like completely now. The way you feel. If you wake up one morning, you know, like if you wake up in the morning and you feel that this should be that, then then it's so. Of course, it's 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 crazy, and you got to be careful what you say. Now, um, Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor of California, and Gavin Newsom just unleashed stimulus checks for two thirds of the state. (laughs) California got tons of federal bailout money, and they have a seventy-five billion dollars surplus in the government. (laughs) <laughs> and they're going to get another $35 billion from uh, Biden with the last round of stimulus. Because they couldn't do it any other way. Uh-huh. So they're going to be giving out more free shit for votes. Sandy, Sandy, I love everybody. Sandy, talk about your uh, uh, VHS, please. VHS. We are raising money to give care to homebound veterans. Many of these people have lost all their friends. Uh, you know, they've outlived them all. Their family doesn't live close by. And the only face they really see is the face of a visiting nurse who stops by once a week to make sure they're still kicking about. And, and they really, really do need care. Um, it costs about 100 bucks a day per person. But at $5, $10, anything you guys can do. And everybody's been so wonderful. We're, we're getting closer and closer to raising our goal um, please, anything you can do, whatever pocket change, don't be embarrassed with a $5 donation. It is uh, GoFundMe.com, VHS of Ocean County. That's VHS of Ocean County. It's a nonprofit 501c3 community-based organization. They are incredibly wonderful people. And the people we are serving there are just, I mean, they were there for us. It's time for us to be there for them. True. What else you got to say, Ant? Love you all. Each one, reach one. Support those who support you. Ask yourself when you're spending the money in the gun community, who is out there fighting for your rights? Ask those gun owners. Ask those range owners and find out. Support those who support you. Well, looks like we've done it again. We've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to Gun for Hire Radio. Gun for Hire Radio is a Counterthink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, Master Trainer Anthony Calandro, and the rest of the crew here at Gun for Hire Radio, and me out here in the Blue Ridge Mountains, we love you guys. We will see you again next week. From sea to the shine.